Welcome to Southern New Hampshire University's Social Sciences podcast, Agents of Change. Here we invite students and professionals to chat with us on topics of inclusion and diversity, student success, and their learning experiences. In this podcast, we will hear insights and personal accounts of people who have persisted against the odds and impacted positive social change. Join us as we learn how we can all be positive agents of change. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever the case may be. This is your host, Dr. Jeff Sarnick, Associate Dean here in the Department of Criminal Justice and the Social Sciences, Southern New Hampshire University Global. And yes, I've said a mouthful, so I'm going to go cut right to the chase and let everybody know how lucky and fortunate and blessed we are and honored to have Major Fred Watson uh, as a top-level administrator with the Atlanta, Georgia Police Department, a major uh, city, a major urban police department here in the United States. He's also one of our, yes, prized adjunct professors here in the criminal justice program, and we want to welcome him today. So for the student's sake, please listen up. He's has some great experience, great advice and counsel, and can let us know what's going on. So welcome, Major Fred, and would you just give us a brief little background? How long have you been with Atlanta PG, P, uh, PD and your present responsibilities? Hey, thank you, Doc. Appreciate you having me on here. My name is Major Fred Watson. I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. I've been with the Atlanta Police Department for 22 years. I joined October 10, 2000. I currently serve as the Training Academy Director for the Atlanta Police Department. Well, thank you very much. And I think at one time you were in charge of the Olympics down there, am I not mistaken? Well, the not the Olympics, but the college football playoff and the Super yes. Bowl. That's and super, I was just, I knew it was something huge at the time. So let's not downplay it. Being in charge of the Super Bowl and security, uh, that's not something you do over your lunch break. But thank you again. So you can see everyone here is listening that uh, Major Fred has tremendous experience, a lot of capital, and we're really fortunate to have him as one of our prize instructors. So Major Fred, here you are, an administrator, you're in training, et cetera. You have a lot of responsibilities. What has Atlanta PD done relative to some of the requests for paradigm, for change, that type of thing? Any strategies that uh, you've seen deployed that you find to be successful? Yes, our camera integration. Uh, we have a video integration center. We utilize the Fuses platform um, using uh, license plate readers as well as uh, on a pole and on vehicles to see if there's individuals that might have expired tags, wanted individuals, uh, and things of that nature. So uh, incorporating our technology, working with our partners, the federal, state and local government uh, is, has been tremendous. You know, we can't do this alone. A lot of times in law enforcement, they think that all the problems can be solved by police officers, but it takes a collective effort, uh, even outside with the residential and business community and uh, with some of our community stakeholders, especially from the mental health field and social services. So. It sounds to me, to be successful naturally, you have to have a, a strong fabric, a great connection with a variety of different entities outside of the police department. And that's a great recognition. So what have you, how have you integrated, successfully integrated so many different components and moving parts in a big city like Atlanta to make these things work? It, it, uh, first is relationships. Uh, like I said, I've been here 22 years. Uh, it's partnering with different community stakeholders uh, every day. So, you know, here in my role as the academy director, uh, we're on the campus of Atlanta Metropolitan State College. So, you know, we partner with them, we partner with uh, different churches, we partner with different entities to come in to educate our recruits, not just on 
um, being a police officer, but understand the dynamics of the city. Being a major metropolitan police department, uh, you have a lot of recruits that come in from out of state and they don't understand the dynamics uh, of Atlanta. Atlanta is a, uh, you know, capital city. Uh, uh, we have a lot of things that go on a lot. You know, this is the, the Bible Belt as well as the civil rights mecca. So we have a lot of living partners here. So bringing them in, introducing them um, to the organization as well as the culture of the city is very important. Uh, we take our recruits to the Civil Rights Museum. We have guest speakers uh, from city council uh, to the mayor that comes in to speak with recruits to let them know that, hey, they appreciate them coming on board and their future service at the Atlanta Police Officer. So with all these improvements relative to service and bringing in high quality people, what if some, what's some of the feedback you've received from the public relative to, you know, Atlanta PD's efforts? Well, the public, you know, it's. I know it's a tough question. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. It, they're, they're very, they're very supportive of the police. Uh, you know, we had the uh, uh, kind of the riots the last couple of years, uh, 2020. Um, some protests in 2021, but overall there is a strong sentiment for um, uh, uh, positive interactions with law enforcement. And you know, when I talk to some of my uh, neighboring jurisdictions as well as some of the other academies, they're struggling to recruit officers. And right. We're not. And so we have uh, four academy classes running right now. We average about 25 to 30 in class, and we actually have a class in field training, which is 12 weeks. So, and they're asking how how do we do this? And it's just the city. You know, it's not just marketing the police department, it's marketing the city, marketing the culture and um, what we can bring um, to them and what they can offer to the residents um, of this city. One of the biggest things that I advocate um, as the academy director is that, you know, we're a brand just like Coca-Cola, just like Pepsi, just like, you know, other entities. You know, you are a walking brand and you have to know who you serve. The things you do as a recruit, things you do as an officer, things I do as a major can neg negatively affect not just the Atlanta Police Department, but this whole entire profession. So, right. you know, the biggest things that we advocate is, you know, building those relationships, get to know the community and talking. You know, we're in a social media phase. So a lot of um, recruits coming in, um, they text. Some text like they type, but then also some um, um, limit the communication that a lot of us grew up with. And we have to under, and that's one of the things that we noticed during the protest uh, that a lot of the uh, officers uh, did not handle those situations as far as the talking to people. And it's just being human, you know, and that's one of the things that we kind of advocate. Get out of your shell, you know, get out of that car, you know, don't drive uh, 30, 40, 40 miles per hour down the street with the windows up, park, get out, engage with the community, get to know people, not just residential, but the business community as well. Have you found that you've had somewhat of an uphill battle when you mentioned, say, some of the quality or capabilities of effective communication? Have you found it? Is there a decline or is it or are are they coming in fully prepared to communicate? Sounds like they might there might be some some issues you mentioned. You know, Well, this is know. the thing you got to understand. Like I came on 22 years ago, um, grew up in a major city, Chicago. Uh, came down to uh, attend a college to play football, was on scholarship, uh, uh, actually uh, uh, pledged in a fraternity uh, and, and did other things on, on, on the campus. And everybody doesn't have that opportunity. So, you know, what I found is you have a lot of people coming into this profession that don't play team sports. 
that are not part of organizations that were 4.0, 3.5 students in high school and don't have the social skills because they kept it themselves. And, you know, it's trying to break that mold, let them know they're not an individual and we have to accomplish things as a team. So when they're in academy class, if one mess up, they all mess up. And if one person uh, doesn't know something, then they all don't know something. So um, trying to tr trying to get them out of their shell. And one thing I noticed being the academy director when I'm here, I engage the recruits. I talk to them uh, and I'm very personal with them because I want them to understand that's how they need to be in the community. They can't be robots. They can't, you know, yes, sir. No, sir. Uh, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. You know, talk. Explain, you know, uh, empathy, you know, emphasize, uh, show empathy, show that, you know, care and concern, because that goes a long way with our community. I recall an interview that I did with Delrish Moss. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He was the, he was the chief of Ferguson, Missouri, post Michael Brown. Mm -hmm. And he came in there at his plateful. But he mentioned, he talked about his hiring processes and what he looked for. And he said it was small enough so he could actually have a one-to-one -one with prospective candidates. But what I struck remar was remarkable that he mentioned he was looking for, and what it sounds like you described is social character. The, and he would vet them to find out what they've done for communities outside of their own. Is that something you look for too? That's something I definitely look for. You know, um, we have onboarding usually on Thursdays. They, they, they get hired with personnel. They come uh, to us uh, about every other week. And I meet with, uh, we call it class zero. So class zero with the Atlanta Police Department are recruits who haven't been assigned to academy class. So they work decentralized assignments doing clerical work until they actually are in physical shape and pass all the requirements through post uh, Peace Officer Standards and Trainings Commission to uh, uh, go into an academy class. And I try to gauge them as to their background. And some of the things that I ask them is, you know, why are you joining the Atlanta Police Department? What do you know about the Atlanta Police Department? You know, what do you know about Atlanta? You know, in addition to where they're from, their background and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of people give me the textbook answer. And a lot of people are straight up with you saying, I need a job. But at the same time, um, what I'm trying to get out of them is to talk. I think sometimes when they see people of a certain rank, they're, you know, of course, naturally, they're going to not want to be able to engage me and say certain things. But after about 10 minutes, that all changes and uh, we have a very good dialogue. So yes, it's social character. It's like, you know, kind of knowing where they're from, you know, what they know about the city. What do they know about the police department? You'll be surprised. And this is not just the land police department. You'll be surprised. You know, a lot of people come into this agency and they don't know anything. You know, we are a full service police agency. We have six zones with the uh, international airport, the busiest airport in the world. Uh, we were founded in 1873. Uh, we're about to celebrate our 150 uh, year anniversary. Uh, you know, uh, women came into this department in 1918. The first African uh, American males came in in April of 1948. And, you know, once they start hearing the history and understand what this department means and, and understand who paved the way for them to wear this uniform, it resonates with them. And they realize, like, wow, it's more than just coming in here, doing push ups or doing academic work, you know. I'm upholding a tradition that's been set forth by 1873. And I think that's kind of what I look for. I know in recruiting, you have the typical application process in which, you know, you have to go through all the requirements. But internally, I'm looking for people that are team players, that want to make a change, that want to come into this organization and be a leader. 
not a leader based on the fact that you have rank, but uh, being a leader uh, as an officer by a recruit, picking people up, you know, going an extra mile and uh, showing that you care. And that's a hard job. That is a heavy lift. And it sounds like you have your hands full. How many people, Major, actually are employed by the Atlanta Police Department? So currently our authorized strength is over 2,000. Um, we're hovering around about 17, 18 right now, 100. Um, you know, there's a challenge, you know, like I said, with a lot of departments uh, as it relates to recruiting. Uh, but we are uh, moving in that direction. Uh, getting people. Uh, our, our, our mayor has made it a point to that he wants to hire 250 officers. Uh, and we're on uh, on track to um, more than likely accomplish that. So uh, you got to understand hiring uh, as it relates to background recruitment is separate than from my section, but we work hand in hand. Interesting. That's a lot of people to manage. So what are the processes for hiring? What uh, besides, say, the written exam, et cetera? What do they have to go through to uh, so, so the successfully? Yeah. So the state of Georgia just instituted a uh, physical agility test. Uh, you have to do it within two two minutes and six seconds, uh, and it's you know typical uh, physical agility you would take in the police department. You know, a little running, dummy drag, jumping over a fence, going up a flight of stairs, uh, running around equal to like about a half of a basketball court. Uh, that, and that's test to make sure that you have the uh, physical abilities to come into this job. Uh, after which, uh, once you're hired, you know, you go through the, uh, the background check where they're going to make sure that you don't have any uh, red flags as far as any arrest or anything of that nature. You do a polygraph. Um, another thing is uh, they do is the uh, credit check. Uh, and um, there's a series of um, testing measures that they do to, to get you in. And then once you come to me, um, like I said, you go to class zero and our job is to get you into the, to shape to come into academy class. So coming in right now, you have to pass the, the PAT, which is the physical agility test in two minutes and six seconds. But then you also have to get the mile and a half at 1430, 14 minutes and 30 seconds. That's to enter into the Atlanta Police Training Academy. Uh, upon exiting, you have to complete the mile and a half in 13 minutes and 30 seconds. And you have to complete the obstacle course which is similar to the, uh, the physical agility test, but it's outside in a minute and 41 seconds. And that's been the standard ever since I came in. And I can only imagine how hot it is right now for them to be running around. So they're going to have to be pretty, pretty dedicated to the, and committed to taking this job. I can only imagine. I know it's hot up here. And Atlanta is an amazing city. I've been there a couple of times and I just absolutely enjoyed it. It's, it's an excellent city, very progressive. It really is a, is a jewel of a city. And it sounds like, from what you've done, the accomplishments in your role, several roles that you've assumed really met with a lot of successes, Major. It's, it's absolutely incredible. So one last question here. Relative, let's put our educator hats on because and that's because you are one of our best and most finest instructors in the classroom. How, how important is academic prowess, the skills such as good writing, et cetera? How important is it? What do you look for in that? So... First, before I answer that question, I just want to say everything that I've done in my 22 years hasn't been done alone. I have great mentors and um, supervisors and peers that have helped me um, throughout the years. And, um, you know, that's one of the things is always trying to uh, pay that back and making sure you're bringing somebody up. So I just wanted to kind of let you know uh, uh, it's been a great ride, but I, I did not do it alone. And uh, this is a great department with great people, great leadership, uh, great chief. 
but the academic aspect is is critical. You know, right now you can come into the Atlanta Police Department with a GED or a high school diploma. Uh, there is no requirement like some cities that you have to have a associate or a bachelor's degree. Uh, so one of the things that we're actually trying to do now is work with uh, Atlanta Metropolitan State College and some of our neighboring schools to push education, not necessarily just for the promotion, not for the pay, but the benefit of um, the, uh, the academic theory associated with the work that they're going to do. Um, I was right. a business major when I went to college. So criminal justice uh, theory, I didn't understand. I learned that in the academy, criminal procedure, uh, different things that we received. But when I got my master's in criminal justice, I was able to understand and be able to put everything together. And I think, you know, when it comes to writing, it's critical. Um, that's the, the initial thing you're going to do coming out of the academy being a 911 officer is taking reports. And a lot of officers don't understand the uh, how important it is to write a good report. And what I mean by that is you can write a report and you can halfway do it. And then in five years, you get subpoenaed to court on a case you made and you have a three line sentence and it doesn't tell the story. And then you have to articulate on the stand you know, what transpired that incident or what led you to make an arrest. And you're going to have to go through cross-examination. And it's kind of difficult to articulate uh, oral testimony for 30 minutes when it's only three lines written on a report. So that's what we try to advocate, the report writing, uh, spending a lot of time with that, uh, bringing some of our seasoned instructors in, as well as partnering with the uh, college to try to assist with that, that that is that is critical, uh, critical piece that uh, a lot of recruits don't understand. So uh, we are very very uh, uh, academic driven, pushing people to pursue their degrees. I've I have got to the point, and this this is going to be funny. I had a few people who didn't uh, go back to school, and I remember when I was a SWAT commander, I had a meeting, and in my meeting couple sergeants didn't show up on time. And when they got there, they were like, man, you know, I, I was late, you know, because all these people start calling me about going back to school. And I don't know how they got my phone number. You know, this is crazy. I got online schools from here and here calling me. This is ridiculous. And after the meeting, I pulled them both aside and I said, you know, that was me. I gave them your information. And they were like, what? I was like, yes, because I wanted you to better yourself to go back to school. Uh, and, you know, it's, it pays a lot of dividends, not just with the police department, but what a lot of people don't realize is you can work here 30 years. You can have all the certifications. You could be an instructor. You can be a bomb tech. You can be a SWAT operator. But when eventually we're all going to retire and when you're trying to seek employment, um, uh, whether it's corporate, whether it's, you know, uh, security and you want to be a, an executive, you know, a, security manager, or security consultant, a lot of times they're going to ask like, hey, do you have a four year degree? And a lot of times some people don't. And that's the first thing I push to all the recruits when they come here, you know, leave here better than the way you came in. You know, if you don't have a degree, get a degree. You know, if, if you know, if, if, you, if you don't, um, if you haven't, um, um, if you always want to go and, and do this particular training, go this career track, pursue it. Nobody's going to hold you back. 
but you. And that's one of the biggest things that I push, not just to the recruits coming in, but to some of the officers um, and supervisors that I know personally, as well as the ones I just know random. Well, Major, if I could bottle and sell all of that, I'd be a millionaire <laughs> because you hit it out of the park on the value of education as an educator and as a true leader. And I love that story. How you basically went, um, we went around their backs <laughs> to emphasize how important it is for them to grow and utilize an, you know, you know, utilize an education to do that. I think that's outstanding. <laughs> you know? I just want to say they got their degrees now. They, did. they got <laughs> their degrees and, uh, <laughs> you know, they were happy and they thanked me, but you know, it's, it's, it's all a process. We're all, we're all trying to grow. Uh, even with the students at Southern New Hampshire, you know, uh, Sometimes they'll email me with, you know, job opportunities. And I and I tell them, you know, I work, I work in local law enforcement. You know, right. my dream was to be the first black director of the FBI. I want to be a federal investigator. Uh, I grew up in a law enforcement family. My brother, my uncle, my cousin, my father all worked for the Chicago Police Department. Wow. My father retired from Chicago as a deputy chief. And he went to Cambridge, Massachusetts and was a commissioner for 10 years. Oh, okay. He was yep. there for 10. He's the longest serving commissioner in Cambridge history. And then he went back to be the chief at Chicago State University. So I always grew up looking at a uniform. All right. And but the uniform doesn't define you. You define the uniform and right. you have to know who you serve and you have to be humble. I'm talking about, you know, I tell people when I came into this job, I was a nobody. And when I leave out, I'm going to be the same way. When I walk into the, the grocery store, they're not going to know I'm Major Watson. I'm Fred Watson. So humble yourself, you know, get to know people, treat people like you want to be treated. And I think that and, and you have to love people. If you right. don't love the job and you don't and you don't love the community you serve, you shouldn't be here. And, no, 100 percent. And, 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 and um, you know, that 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 is what I kind of advocate to my people. Well, like I said, if I could bottle it and sell it, but you know what? It's even better. We have a recorded on a, for our Agents of Change podcast, which gets distributed to all the students. And I sincerely hope they take it home. They listen to you and maybe, maybe even more than once to this recording because the advice and the counsel you gave is absolutely stupendous. The DNA, the law, your, your police and public service DNA is remarkable too as well. Major, I can't thank you enough. This has been a great interview. You really, it's been very enlightening. And I'm, I'm absolutely certain the students are going to benefit from this. And thank you again, as always, for your service in Atlanta PD, number one. And number two, for all the great things you do, you know, for the Southern New Hampshire University student. I know they always rave about you and your connectivity and your sense of humanity and how much you really care about not just the police officers you're leading, but also your students. So, Major, thank you so much for taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule to do this for the sake of the students. And once again, I'm Dr. Jeff Sarnick signing off from Agents of Change with our special guest, Major Fred Watson. Thank you again, Fred, and please, as always, be safe. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Southern New Hampshire University's Agents of Change, a social sciences podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review us, and be on the lookout for more exciting episodes. Goodbye for now. <laughs>